It's a new year and the same priorities for the federal workforce. The Trump administration in 2020 is trying to finish much of what it started during previous years. Now, the Office of Personnel Management launched a new online collective bargaining agreement database yesterday. That was a key component of President Trump's 2018 executive orders on official time and collective bargaining. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco is here with more on OPM's new resources and some of the administration's other workforce priorities for the year. What's new about this new portal that OPM launched? Well, Tom, this portal collects all of the active collective bargaining agreements across all of government, and it does so for the first time in one place. You know, I counted this morning, there were 774 collective bargaining agreements. I imagine that uh, OPM will continue to receive more of them or updated collective bargaining agreements because this just launched uh, the other day. And And this is the first time you could see all of them in one place? All of them in one place. So we should clarify These collective bargaining agreements, they've been public documents before. You could go find them on agency websites, maybe union websites. It's not like these were secret documents, which I think perhaps if you asked some in the administration, they might say otherwise. But these these agreements are now collected in one place. They're actually searchable. You can download each of the agreements. There's actually a nice search function where you can sort them by agency. You can even sort them, you know, The Defense Department is a big place. You could find all of the Army, CBAs. You could sort them by location, union. And then actually the search function is pretty good. If you search for something as specific as or not specific as official time, for example, you could find all of the agreements that mention official time in that document and, you know, look for whatever ones you need. So you can really contrast and compare the provisions in them. You could. And OPM is now asking agencies to submit new collective bargaining agreements within the first 30 days that they're signed, and they have a mechanism now to do that directly through the system. Before, there was some back and forth and some emailing with OPM as they collected some of these agreements. And this is a brand new database that we got a a preview of before it was launched. Uh, You know, it, it doesn't particularly look like a you know brand new uh, website or anything. You can find it directly on opm.gov. But, you know, OPM, I think, is proud of this because it was a component of the president's executive orders on official time, collective bargaining, and employee removals from 2018. It was not a provision that was locked up in court battles over much of that, you know, year, year and a half or so. They've been working on this for a while. I imagine that would be of great value to the unions themselves. I think so. I mean, they don't have specific logins to use this database. That's only for the agency labor relations professionals. But they could search this like any other member of the public and probably find, you know, maybe comparable collecting collective bargaining agreements, you know, from other agencies they might want to replicate. And what else can we expect from OPM? They've still got this modernizing the workforce initiative that hasn't gone away. I think we're going to start seeing some data about some of the steps that the administration took over the last year to sort of refine some things around performance management. As an example, OPM last year asked agencies to take a look at their disciplinary procedures and get rid of anything that wasn't part of statute or anything that they thought was just unnecessary. There's going to be a report coming up on that later this year that describes exactly what agencies found, which I think will be interesting. There will also be another report on some of the promising practices that OPM has collected from agencies about how they deal with poor performers. That's something else we'll see. And then I think we'll also see a real expansion 
of some of the pilots that the administration started in 2019. There was a pilot that OPM did with the digital service to try to get subject matter experts actually involved in the hiring process and have them do some of the interviews instead of human resources professionals that might not really know what goes into hiring. Which has always been a best practice, but not enough agencies do it. Right. And so I think we're starting to see a little movement on that. OPM says that they took this concept on the road to 20 locations over the past year, and five more are trying it out now. They're also running a new pilot to hire qualified design strategists, which I didn't know was an occupation in the federal government, but I guess, of course, it is. And 10 subject matter experts from six agencies volunteered to sort through some candidate selections for this particular occupation. And then the goal actually is for all agencies to be able to hire off of this list, which is, of course, something that agencies have been frankly dying to do so that, you know, you don't have to replicate some of the same processes over and over. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Now, federal agencies are enjoying a nice raise starting in 2020, and they have that new benefit of paid family leave for a child arriving by one means or another. Anything else, any other projects from the administration that might touch pay and benefits in 2020? Well, I think the administration will continue its attempts to maybe poke at pay and benefits uh, in 2020. I'm not sure if we're going to see much traction on that, but we'll see. Um, You know, a lot of these updates I found on performance.gov, the administration puts out quarterly updates about what they're doing. And they mention a total compensation study, which we've known about. The goal here is to collect market information about how, you know, whether or not the government is actually competitive in paying employees in their benefits, rewards, that kind of thing. The goal is to review that study this year and actually develop a strategy to implement it also this year. At the same time, the president's pay agent recently mentioned locality pay in a a separate report. And, you know, Tom, I think their comments on locality pay is interesting because they just frankly say, we don't really understand this. We don't think it's ever worked since it was started in the mid-90s, and we don't think it works today. And, you know, they say the underlying methodology for locality pay, which relies on a singular locality rate to cover a locality pay area, has lacked credibility since the beginning of locality pay in 1994. And they go on to say, look, we'd love to change this, but Congress needs to help us out. So, While they're doing these studies, I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to be able to implement a lot of this on their own. The studies will be really interesting for you and I and everybody else who follows this, but I don't know that we're going to see much traction. Locality pay is a hard concept to understand. I mean, when you say, well, if someone is working in downtown San Francisco, the most expensive place on earth, or Manhattan, but there's 40, 50 cities now that get locality pay, Des Moines, places you you would think you would go to to cut your cost of living. Right. And, you know, at this point, I think there are at least 53 locality pay areas. They want to add another one. You know, Maybe Grand Junction, Colorado for BLM. Right. Kansas City already has their own locality pay, so we're covered there. But, you know, I think it, it brings up a good question, Tom, which is how many locality pay areas are too many? And are we going to get to the point where everybody is a locality pay area? And then, frankly, Lake that, will be gone. Everybody's above average. Yeah. And that, frankly, cuts down the benefit that you would receive by having your own locality pay distinction. Well, a lot to look for in the year ahead. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her ongoing coverage of all these topics. FederalNewsNetwork.com.
Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.